0: Hey, good morning, River Oak. My name is Caleb Waldrop. I am the pastor of student ministries here. I get to minister to our middle schoolers and our high school students and our college students. Um, And I also get to join you in what I hope um, is your most comfortable place, uh, whether that's on your couch, um, whether that's in your favorite chair, or on your patio swing. Um, Man, it is a pleasure to join you um, and your family this morning. Uh, We're going to actually be in Philippians 4 this morning um, and just looking at a little bit of God's promises and God's word. And so I'm going to invite you um, to read with me Philippians 4, 4 through 9. It goes like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition with with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence And if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to pray for our time together. God, I thank you um, for technology. God, I thank you for bringing us to this point in 2020 where we can come together together. Um, in our own places, but yet unified um, in your word and in your truth. Um, And God, I just ask that you would speak in this moment, you would speak through this time. God, you would speak um, for whenever someone tunes in and watches this, that God, they um, would hear from you, not from me, but God, from you, that you would protect our hearts and our minds um, from the grasp of this world and the circumstances in it. And God, that you would draw our attention to you, that our eyes would be set on you, that you would um, be at work in us in this next year. We love you. We need you. We ask um, that you would speak clearly um, in this time. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So usually uh, on this weekend, one of the pastors would come up and um, tell you how great the last year has been and how great the next year will be. Well, understandably, um, though 2020 was not all bad, um, I'm going to go a little bit different direction because just between you and me, I actually have no idea what's going to happen in 2021. 2021. I don't know what it will bring, but my hope is that like in 2020, we will have opportunities to grow. Philippians four, as I thought about, hey, where I would share with y'all this morning, what I um, would turn to, what God would lay on my heart. Philippians four just seemed appropriate as we exit one of the most historic years, probably of our lifetime. That what 2020, um, if anything, has brought, um, at least to my attention, is that in order for for us to have um, an optimistic view or, or for us to have joy or to have peace in this circumstances that surround us currently, that we have to have, that we have to have a change in the homepage of our mind. What I mean is like we have to have a change in the place that our minds want to run to um, kind of subconsciously or automatically, the places that we tend to dwell, the, the internal autopilot that our minds go to. And Paul's goal for Philippians and for the people in Philippians was to pull them out of this tunnel vision that circumstances had kind of put them in. And my hope is that it would do the same for us, that we would see, hey, how, how in this next year, you and I might be able to lean in and learn to love God and love people, that the truth that we would read this morning would change us, that we might be able to be stable fixtures in people's lives this year. Like that's my hope, is that in this community and in, in our areas and in our families and in our neighborhoods that we may be a stable fixture where chaos is around and, and situations are unpredictable, man, they would see us as stable, not because we are so great, but rather what is at work in us. And so in Paul's effort to equip the Philippians in this way, he starts with a command for them to rejoice. And he says, hey, I'm calling you, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice In verse five, he says, and then let your graciousness or some of your um, translations may say reasonableness or your stability or your gentleness be known to everyone because the Lord is near. So in navigating the current events, Paul says, hey, your first step your first step is not to have this head knowledge of joy, but rather this heart knowledge of joy—that a joy that leads to action that is not dependent on your circumstances. Yeah, man, I'm calling you to rejoice in all situations and in all circumstances. Now, I don't want to pretend, however, that I know the deepest struggles of your heart. I don't want to pretend that I understand the pain that you might be in currently, that that I know the worry or the fear or the anxiety or the turmoil in your life. But what I do know, because God's word tells me, is that if we've come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and if we are followers of Christ and he calls us sons and daughters, that he has not forsaken us, that he sees you and that he knows you and that you are his. That we belong to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords in our finances and in our academics and in our singleness and in our sickness and in our hardship that we are his. And Paul says, hey, I'm calling you to rejoice that you would rejoice not just in the good moments, that you would rejoice in all moments, even the bad moments, because we are his, which means he is at work in the mess. That we would rejoice in the mess because according to Romans 8, that he is at work in it. And I believe, right, that the knowledge of Jesus, when it makes its way from our head to our hearts would produce this joy in us. So Paul is telling these people who are believers, he's saying, I'm calling you to rejoice always by the knowledge that you have in Jesus as it makes its way to your heart and turns into action, that it would produce a joy that is separate from circumstances. And in turn, it gives us this level of graciousness. I need you to hear it. It gives us this level of graciousness, this level of stability that allows us to stand in the midst of hard things. So he says, hey, rejoice always, rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because God is at work, even in the mess of your life, you can rejoice that, that he is with you even despite the circumstances. And he says, and then that produces a graciousness, that graciousness, that stability, and let it be known to everyone. So we had a lesson um, on stability in my family so, like I said, 2020 wasn't all bad. One good part of 2020 for my family was we were able to go uh, to Great Wolf Lodge. And I've never been there. I am from Texas, so I, I'm still new to some of the attractions in this area. And, and we were able to go to Great Wolf Lodge with my family. And my son, who's five years old, is kind of, uh, he has to kind of play, you know, get the layout of the water every time before he's comfortable with it. And For him, the wave pool and the lazy river kind of made him nervous because he's not a big fan of getting his face in the water. He's still learning to swim, not super strong swimmer yet. And so he was a little bit nervous about that. And so what I had to show him was like, hey, it's okay in this lazy river and it's okay in, in the wave pool because you have your daddy's jeans. You're tall. You can actually touch the bottom and your head will be above the water. That like if everything else is moving, if the waves are coming, if the water is rushing by you, just stand up. Just stand up and you can stand firm because no matter what happens, if everything else moves, the ground stays still. The ground, the foundation is stable. And in life, you need to understand that everything else might move. But we find joy in the fact that our foundation doesn't. If you are my brother or my sister in Christ, then you need to understand that we get to stand confidently, we get to stand up, and we get to stand secure in a firm foundation that though the waves may come, you stand stable, not on your own, but because Christ Jesus stands for you and stands with you. And here's the opportunity of 2021. That in our rejoicing comes a soul stability. That in our rejoicing, it produces a stability knowing that God is king and he is in control. And in our stability or our graciousness, we have an opportunity then to bless and encourage and to reach out to those around us. Take you back to Great Wolf Lodge for a second. So my five-year-old learns to stand. Well, my three-year-old, who's a little bit shorter than my five-year-old, she is fearless, a lot less cautious. And she'll jump in no matter how deep it is. But the beauty of my stability being able to stand is that my stability gave me the ability to help her find stability. And so she jumped into water that was too deep. She jumped into a place that she couldn't reach. She found an instability quickly, but my stability allowed her to find stability. And I think what Paul is getting at is he's saying, hey, here's an opportunity to extend out to those far from God the hope that comes through our rejoicing and stability in God. Man, as I was studying that and and, and really processing that, man, there's a a lady that came to mind. She actually is in our church family who is going through some major health issues again. And, And what is so inspiring about her story and about what she has going on is her prayer requests. See, her prayer requests are not primarily for her healing, though that's a part. Her prayer requests are not primarily for her peace, though that is a part. Her prayer requests are primarily for the salvation of the physicians and the doctors and the nurses and those she would come in contact with that they would see her rejoicing in the midst of chaos, they would see her stability in the midst of uncertain times and that they might, as they stand on unstable ground, find stability through her, that they may know Jesus and his graciousness through her graciousness, that we have this opportunity to reach out if you're standing on firm ground, he says, man, rejoice always. Do not let the circumstances of this world detract from your focus on me, on who I am. And that we would find a graciousness or a stability that we would be able to make known to others Now, here's what I love about Paul. He's insightful and he's a human and he deals with a lot of things. And so he goes on. See, the the issue is, though we love God, we still struggle with worry. I still struggle with worry. And Paul goes on in 6 and he says, hey, like, let me continue to minister. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When you hear this don't worry, he's not just saying like, hey, hey, just don't worry about anything. Rather, what he's saying is, hey, when you worry, don't dwell on that worry, but rather in it, deal with it by prayer and petition with thanksgiving to God. He says, man, there's a way to deal with your worry. For those of you that um, are in your living rooms and in this time right now, that you're like, hey, I am someone who struggles with worry, I am the worrier of my family, I have chronic worry, then what you know and what I've come to know is that worry is, you can't get rid of worry just with a strong will. You can't get wor- rid of worry by waking up and saying, hey, today, I'm not worrying about anything. Today, like, I'm going to be cool. Everything's going to be cool. I'm just, I'm just not going to worry today. That's not the way worry works because it just seems to happen. But Paul kind of gives us the antidote here. He says, the antidote for worry is not a strong will. The antidote for chronic worry is a secure mind where worry is birthed. I need you to hear that. It's not a strong will, but rather it's securing the mind where worry seems to form. He says, so when you worry, when you got the stuff to deal with, flood God's ear with your worry. Flood his ear with your request. Be persistent. Be transparent in communicating your fears and your desires and your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations to the Lord. He says, and then stand on the foundation knowing that you have given all of your worries and all of your fears to a God who is at work in the mess. Not to just the wall, not to the ceiling. You didn't write it on the paper, but no, you gave it to a God who says, no, I am your father and i am at work in the mess and verse seven says in the peace of god as a result and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding surpasses all circumstances surpasses all logic and the peace of god that you would say it doesn't make any sense why i would be at peace in this chaotic moment will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus to make sense of how this looks I remember being, a, fa- uh, being a, a, a child. I remember being a child and, and um, my students know this story kinda well that in the sixth grade, I decided to throw mud clots at this dude's house because they stuck. And I thought it was the coolest, funniest thing. And me and my buddies, we just chunked a lot of mud at this house. And what happens is the guy comes out obviously very angry. I'd never vandalized anything before. I was a first timer. The guy comes out angry very mad. We get caught. He calls the police, right? He calls the police on some sixth graders who threw some mud, a little overkill, whatever. He calls the police. I am terrified. I literally, I'm so scared. I remember my kneecaps shaking as I stood there, petrified in fear, like I'm going to the slammer. But then my dad shows up. I remember my dad coming and standing beside me, kind of pulling me in tight and handling the situation. And I remember seeing the presence of my father and feeling an overcoming, immediate peace of heart and of mind in the situation. The circumstance wasn't resolved, the circumstance wasn't over that things still had to be taken care of, there were still consequences to come, but I was at peace in the midst of circumstances. Why? Because my father, who I knew loved me, who I knew had more control, who I knew cared for me and would protect me, was on the scene, was there, and knew where I was, and knew how to take care of me. And the picture here is that we would bring our worry and our fear to our Father in heaven, who has much more control and who cares much deeper for us than we even care about ourselves, and knows how to find resolution and knows how to guide us, and that we would bring our request to Him and experience the peace of knowing that God has it handled. It's a beautiful picture. Of experiencing this peace with the Father that goes beyond circumstances, that goes beyond um, what we're dealing with in the moment, goes beyond our fears and our worries. That gives us peace, that it's the person that brings the peace, not necessarily the resolution of the circumstances. Paul's painting this picture. He says, if you know Jesus, then you have access to the Father. And if you worry, then bring those requests through prayer and petition, and experience peace. Like, I don't know what 2021's bringing. I know what 2020 brought. And it was a lot of worry and a lot of fear and a lot of opportunity for me to either revel in that, for, me, for that to rot my soul and my mind, or for me to bring it to the Father and say, God, I need your peace. God, I need you in control of this moment. He says, man, here is your opportunity to find peace of God in whatever it is you're going through. And then he says... Finally, in verse eight and nine, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and whatever is honorable and whatever is just and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there is anything praiseworthy, listen, dwell on these things. Make your mind, that word dwell, make your mind at home in these things. Work to make these the resting place of your mind. He says, whatever is good and commendable and honest and pure, he says, I mean, that is how we combat the issues of today, is that we concentrate on, when we have worry, we bring it to the Lord, and then we concentrate on what we put back in our mind, what we dwell on. See, the pathway to praise and rejoicing is to think on these things, is to remember all that God has given, that with thanksgiving, we would be thanking him for the things he has brought as we present our worries and we would think on these things. He says in verse nine, and do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. And it's like a next level here. It says in verse seven, hey, the peace of God will be with you. But it also says, and the God of peace will be with you. It's not just the peace of God that's with us, but it's the God of peace who stands with us that in whatever happens, it's the God of peace as we trust and walk and know him stands with us. In 2021, everything else might move, but the foundation doesn't. And in Christ, we stand confidently that we get to stand up and we get to stand secure and we get to stand on a firm foundation Rooted not in our accomplishments. Rooted not in government decisions. Rooted not in a vaccine. Rooted not in our relationships. Not in unrest. But what Jesus has done for us and what he will do for us. When the God of peace stands with us and the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds, then where you go, I need you to hear this, then where you go is where hope will go. And where you go is where joy will go. And where you go is where peace will go. And where you go is where Jesus is. That as the God of peace goes with you and the peace of God guards you, that where you go you bring a level of stability and you bring a level of hope and a level of peace and a level of understanding about the God of this universe and his feelings for man. You need to understand that if we wanna walk this way and we're saying, God, I'm calling you to guide my feet, that you would guide my feet to change environments, to change perspectives, to change hearts, to introduce people to Jesus. That what Paul is telling the Philippians is don't get wrapped up. Don't get wrapped up in the news. Don't get wrapped up in the conflict. Don't allow the arms of of, um, animosity to grasp you. Don't allow um, the the arms of of heartache and heartbreak to hold you down. Man, set your minds on things above and experience the peace of God in the most um, tumultuous situations. So in your homes, or whoever you're with, in this moment, I encourage you to have a conversation. And I encourage you to ask two questions, the first is this, who is your person this year that needs to know the stability of Jesus? Who's your person this year Who is it that you believe God will lay on your heart or has laid on your heart that needs to know the stability of Jesus, that needs to know the peace of Christ, that needs to know and experience the hand of the Father in their life? Who is it? Y'all would communicate about that. The second question is this, is what does it look like to rejoice right now in what you have going on? What's that look like for you? I know life's not perfect for all of you out there. I know there are big things and there are things weighing on your heart and on your mind, but the call is the same. It says, Rejoice in me and find peace. What does it look like for you to rejoice right now in the midst of the things you have going on? What I love about God's promises is he makes promises that only he can fulfill that nothing else and nowhere else can fulfill the promises of God, that nothing else can give you the peace that surpasses understanding. God made that promise and only God can fulfill that promise and nothing else will give you the power and give you the security that the God of peace walking with you gives. That is a promise from the Father that you would run to that this year. That we would be a church and a people who say we want our community to know stability in the midst of instability, in the midst of difficult circumstances. I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna enjoy our day. I hope you have a happy new year. We love you. God, we thank you so much. God, thank you for bringing peace that surpasses our understanding, that is even confusing at times because the circumstances don't make sense. God, may you help us to rejoice. May you help us to look to you. God, may you remind us that you are good. May we trust your word. May you move in us this year. God, may you bring people around us to encourage, and may we encourage those around us. And God, may um, you move more. Mightily, May you bring healing and restoration to our country. May you bring um, your Holy Spirit to those who need it. God, may you bring people to know you and to love you. And God, if there are those that are listening or that find this, God, that do not know you, may they understand the invitation is open. May they find salvation. May they find hope in you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. We're so thankful for you. We're back in person next week. Can't wait to see you. Bye.